joining us online, and I'm glad that you are all here, whether online or in person. We have several that are visiting us here today. I have some from Northwest Chicago, the suburbs, the Allens. Glad to have you with us today. We have uh, Lynn, who was brought by Ethan Darlene, and little Adriana came with them. Jill visiting us from here in Traverse City. Sonny brought his mother Amanda and his grandmother Joanne today. Very good for a lad that looks to be, I'd say, under 18. <laughs> and Noah, glad to have you with us too. And if I missed you coming in, you let me know. I'd like to meet you. This week, Janine and I will be leaving for Eastern Tennessee. In one of the journeys I hope to go while I'm there, among others, is I'll be sitting at, in Phil Sanders' class from the search program. He always puts on an excellent class when I go. But we'll be going to a place called Klingman's Dome. And Klingman's Dome, if you're not familiar with it, is the highest peak east of the Mississippi, higher than Mount Washington in New Hampshire by a few hundred feet. And from there, as you look out, you can see that they have, they have clearly marked out the states there with chalk lines. As you look 100 miles into the distance, you can see. You can see Virginia, you can see North Carolina, Tennessee. You see quite a distance. I tell you all that to say that we're going to talk about maps today. In our third part of our fourth part series, I'll pick this up in two weeks when we're back. But today, you are here in Jericho. You jog your memory and think of all the things that you know about Jericho. No, don't look on your GPS. Don't go online for this. You have to go to the back of your Bible. But if you have your bulletins, I have put a picture in there of these two illustrations along with the outline so that you can follow along and, and know exactly when I say, and now in closing, you'll know exactly where I'm at. Several years ago, I was asked to teach a class with others about the geography of Palestine and Paul's journeys. There were several of us in the congregation that were going to present this. We got two people deep into that, and they said, nope, we're not going to volunteer for this, because talking about maps in an area of geography that we have never been to is difficult for some people. It takes a lot of research. It takes a lot of knowledge and history. And I know when I say history, every week your eyes brighten up. Yes, not only geography, we're going to talk history today. Why? Because when we have a grasp of where these things happen, as we travel with the Savior in the New Testament, it comes alive to us. We can see that he didn't travel thousands of miles, hundreds of miles, but he traveled less than 100 miles in all of his journeys, north to south, east to west, Jericho. And Jericho has a very rich history. In fact, if we go back to the Old Testament, in Deuteronomy chapter 34, we find for the first time that Jericho is mentioned. And Jericho is mentioned 
to Moses. Moses, as we know, was not allowed to enter into the promised land, but just before his passing, he is taken to Mount Nebo. And I give you this, to, this elevation map to give us an idea of what he was seeing when he was on top of Mount Nebo, right here. And you can see that he is almost 2,500 feet in elevation, just below Jerusalem. And God allows him to see everything that the children of Israel are going to see when they pass in. But you will not be allowed to pass in. Then Moses went up, as we read in Deuteronomy chapter 34, beginning in verse 1. Moses went up from the plains of Moab to Mount Nebo, to the top of Pisgah, which is opposite Jericho. And the Lord showed him all the land, Gilead as far as Dan, all Naphtali in the land of Ephraim and Manasseh, all the land of Judah as far as the western sea, the Negeb, and the plain, that is, the valley of Jericho, the city of palm trees, as far as Zoar. And the Lord said to him, This is the land of which I swore to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. I will give it to your offspring. I have let you see it with your eyes, but you shall not go over there. Imagine standing on that large hill and being able to see all of that land. I can only imagine the sadness that fell over Moses when he saw this land and realized, I'm not going to be able to go. In Joshua, a matter of weeks, perhaps a few months, Joshua chapter 2, the children of Israel are ready to pass over. Begin in chapter 2 and verse 1. And Joshua the son of Nun sent two men secretly from Shittim as spies, saying, Go view the land, especially Jericho. And they went and came into the house of a prostitute whose name was Rahab and lodged there. I'm going to save that part of the passage until later in the sermon. But we see that Joshua, the first place that they go to is Jericho when they cross over the Jordan. Chapter 6 and verse 26. Joshua laid an oath on them at that time saying, Cursed before the Lord be the man who rises up and rebuilds this city, Jericho. At the cost of his firstborn shall he lay its foundation, and at the cost of his youngest son shall he set up its gates. He laid that curse on this city whose walls had been tumbled down. And we find that this curse held for hundreds of years until we find in 1 Kings chapter 16, verse 34. In the days of Hiel of Bethel, built Jericho, he laid its foundation at the cost of Abiram, his firstborn, and set up its gates at the cost of his youngest son, Segub, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Joshua, the son of Nun. Somewhere between 900 and 800 B.C., which comes to about six to 700 years later after this curse, no one had rebuilt the city of Jericho until Hiel of Bethel. And it tells us exactly as Joshua had prophesied. The death of the firstborn date at the cost of his youngest son. Amazing. And there are many others we could talk about, but I'd like to talk about 
Elijah in 2 Kings chapter 2, beginning in verse 4. Elijah is about to be called up to heaven. He is going to go into what is described as a chariot of fire in a little bit. Beginning in verse 4, we pick it up. Elijah said to him, Elisha, please stay here, for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. But he said, as the Lord lives, as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. The sons of the prophets who were at Jericho drew near to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that today the Lord will take away your master from over you? And he answered, Yes, I know. Keep quiet. Then Elijah said to him, Please stay here, for the Lord has sent me to the Jordan. But he said, As the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. And we find in the passage that Elijah strikes the Jordan and it parts. And he gives his cloak to Elisha. Such a rich history that passes through our town, Jericho. Hundreds and hundreds of years of history that take place here. And we too are going, and we're going to read from passages of some of the things that transpired while the Savior himself passes through. Parts of our passages that we'll read comes from Luke chapter 10. In Luke chapter 10, Jesus is being challenged by a lawyer. And we pick this up in verse 25 of Luke chapter 10. And behold, a lawyer stood up to put him to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have answered correctly. Do this, and you will live. But he, desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. It is interesting that Jesus includes in this parable talking of a man who was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. And if we are students of geography and knowing the land, why is it that people go down from Jerusalem but up from every other place to go to Jerusalem? Well, looking at our topography map, we understand that Jerusalem being one of the highest points, he would be going down in elevation to Jericho, which is nearly a thousand feet below sea level. If we go out to Death Valley, Death Valley is not as low below sea level as Jericho is. And we can see down to the Dead Sea is a thousand feet below sea level. And you think if the Mediterranean Sea ever just sloshed over top of Jerusalem, understand looking at that map that everything from Jerusalem is downhill. So when you read in the future that they went down from Jerusalem or they went up to Jerusalem, you understand they are speaking not only metaphorically, but in a literal sense because they're always going up in elevation to Jericho, pardon me, from Jerusalem to Jericho going down and going up from Jericho to Jerusalem. Our passage today in Luke chapter 18 tells about the blind man who is known as Bartimaeus. 
in other passages. As he drew near to Jericho, Jericho, and as he goes, he comes upon this blind man sitting by the roadside. Don't be confused if the other Gospels mention that there are two there. For our purpose, we're only going to talk about one of them here in the Gospel of Luke. As he drew near Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging, and hearing a crowd going by, he inquired what this meant. They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. And he cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And those who were in front rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and commanded him to be brought to him. When he came near, he asked him, What do you want me to do for you? And he said, Lord, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, Recover your sight, your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him, glorifying God. And all the people, when they saw it, gave praise to God. Now one wonders at this passage of how the blind man knew that this was Jesus of Nazareth, son of David. Perhaps Jesus had passed through this before. Remember, as they come down from Judea, which is north of Samaria, we see in the top of the map, they had two routes that they could take. One, which took them through Samaria, which Jesus did one time as he came to Jacob's well in Sychar. But most of the time, Jews would sidestep Samaria and go east of the Jordan and follow that and cross down near where Jesus was baptized. Cross and go through Jericho on the way to Jerusalem. Always needing to pass through Jericho because it was one of the main trade routes that goes through there. If we look at even maps of the United States, the Cumberland Gap, which was discovered in the early to mid-1800s, before that time, people didn't go west of the Appalachians because they couldn't find a way through. Much in the same way that there were very few routes that you could traverse easily going east to west, north to south, not not quite as difficult, but going east to west, you had to find those passages, those pathways to come through. Who knows how many times that Jesus had passed through Jericho. But however many times this blind man who had never, obviously, seen Jesus knows who he is, not only knows that he's Jesus and that he could heal him. Interesting, one of the questions that he asks which I always find intriguing. What do you want me to do for you? Do you think Jesus did not know what the man was requesting of him? I believe he did. But he wanted to hear the man say it for himself. What do you want me to do for you? Let me recover my sight. Your faith has made you well. How fortunate for this man that Jesus had passed through Jericho and that he was sitting in just the right place and got the Savior's attention. Equally interesting is the very next chapter, Luke chapter 19. You know, some people say that you can't throw too much at an audience when you're preaching because it's hard for them to keep track. I don't buy that for a moment. I think for people that are hungry for the Word, you can follow this line of thinking 
absolutely, amazingly, perfectly. Is that enough adverbs in there for you? In Luke chapter 19, which is the very next thing that happens, we're going to meet a man, well, we'll pick this up in verse 1 of Luke 19. And he entered Jericho and was passing through. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him. Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He is gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. A man so short in stature, he had to climb up into a tree in order to see the passing Savior who it says is simply passing through that town. But the one opportunity that this man sees, he knew that he was going to be invited to have the Savior come to his house. But nonetheless, when Jesus invited himself into his house, he accepted that invitation. Oh, when they saw it, they grumbled. He has gone into the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Jesus tells them in his reason, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. How fortunate as the Savior is passing through this town. The same way the Israelites simply passed through that area, leaving a little destruction in their part. The same way that Abraham, pardon me, Moses was allowed to have a passing glance at this area, the city of palms that it was known of in that day for its aromatic palms. And we too are able to grasp something in this passage. In Hebrews chapter 11, Hebrews chapter 11, you may know that this is known as the chapter of faith, the hall of faith. As the writer of the book of Hebrews begins in verse 1 of chapter 11, gives rather a rudimentary definition. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it the people of old received their commendation. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. By faith, and beginning with this in the book of Genesis, he goes one by one with people that we would recognize as being the pillars of the Old Testament and patriarchs. And without faith, he tells us in verse 6, it is impossible to please him, 
For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and he rewards those who seek him. And we have seen in our passages today in the Gospel of Luke that there were people that were seeking the Savior. There were people that the Savior was seeking as he passed through Jericho. We come down to close to the end of Hebrews chapter 11. Just prior to the first passages that we read in Deuteronomy. By faith the people crossed the Red Sea as on dry land. But the Egyptians, when they attempted to do the same, were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they had been encircled for seven days. By faith, Rahab the prostitute did not perish with those who were disobedient because she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. And those two verses... 30 and 31 are the last that we read about until the writer says in verse 32, and what more shall I say? Imagine how far he could go into talking about more and more people. For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouth of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Women received back their dead by resurrection. Some were tortured, refusing to accept release, so that they might rise again to a better life. Others suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, they were killed with the sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated, of whom the world was not worthy, wandering about in deserts and mountains and dens and caves of the earth. All these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised, since God had provided something better for us that apart from us, they should not be made perfect. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin that clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus and founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. And through all of those that were in the Old Testament that the writer of the book of Hebrews lists as what we call the heroes of faith, that blind man in Jericho and Zacchaeus are no less, and we include them as well in our heroes of faith, because they took advantage of the Savior who was passing through rich in history. No doubt they would remember that that town centuries before, millennia before, had seen its walls fall down. And yet, one woman and her family, by faith, and that same faith that blind Bartimaeus and Zacchaeus have, they laid hold of, as you and I have today. And the question I would ask is, what can we learn from those whom Jesus passed by?
I wonder sometimes if we are able to grasp of what we can lay hold of as Jesus passes us by, not only in our morning prayers, in our reading and studying and meditation, our gathering together as a congregation, and in our daily walk as Jesus passes us by each day. Do we grasp that he was the son of David, the son of God who came to take away our sins. And as Paul so aptly put, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Is he simply passing through your life? Or have you cried out to him, Jesus, son of David, to get his attention? I know that sounds way out there, doesn't it? But not for that blind man. And not for that short-statured man, Zacchaeus, who wanted so badly to see this Jesus who was passing through that he climbed a tree. And Jesus recognized his faith and said, I will dine with you. So touched by the Savior that Zacchaeus says, I'm willing to give back fourfold anything that I might have done dishonestly. Jesus said he's become a son of Abraham by faith, by faith. I hope that this day, if Jesus has passed you by in times past, without making a commitment to him, that this is the day that you will invite him in, by him. In the book of Revelation, Jesus says, I stand at the door and knock, waiting, waiting for someone to open that door. And I hope this day, if you have never invited him in, that this is the day that you invite him in. By faith, by faith, invite him in. And do as those beginning in the first century and on to today have been told to do. By faith, believing that he is the Son of God. He was the Son of David who was prophesied from of old, who paid the price for your sins. It's not enough just to believe. James says, even the demons believe. But by faith, moving forward, ready to confess him as your Lord and Savior, repenting of your sins, and in that that final moment that puts us in contact with the blood of Christ, being baptized into Christ. Read the book of Acts and you'll see this is played out time after time after time. And Paul describes it so beautifully in Romans chapter 6, where he says we're reenacting the death, the burial, and the resurrection, dying to the old life and rising again to the new. I hope that this day you won't let the Savior pass you by. Whatever you're in need of, we stand ready to help. Together we stand and sing.